0: I'm creative business coach Anastasia Williams, and you are listening to Making Magic, a podcast for fiber artists, makers, and creatives who are looking to craft a business with intention. Hi there. Welcome to episode 24. I appreciate you bearing with me as I've had a little bit of a hiatus from the podcast, even though the last episode I said I'd be back next week. Um... It's just kind of one of those things that I felt like I needed a bit of a break for my mental health and so I took it. And you can do the same. We can all do the same because we are responsible for taking care of ourselves as business owners. So there's my little soapbox for that for the day. Um, Today I wanna talk about whether or not you should be offering discounts on your knitwear patterns before i go into this a little bit further i will say that even if you are not a knitwear designer or if you have some other sort of maker business there are still concepts and ideas that are going to apply to you Um, but in this instance i really want to address discounts on patterns so let's answer that question first and foremost should you have discounts on your knitwear patterns And my answer is going to be, no, I don't think so. Um, I feel pretty strongly about this, but there are people who feel the opposite. So we'll kind of address all the different uh, sides of the coin, I suppose. But effectively what we see in the knitting industry is that anytime a pattern is released, there is typically a discount that is offered. So, you know, okay, this is the release of my pattern to celebrate. I'm going to offer, you know, 25% off of it until, you know, the next few days. And then after that, it will stay at full price. And there are a couple of issues that I see with this overall. Um, Number one, the reason that this is happening so often is effectively because we have been conditioned to expect that we are as consumers so as knitters who purchase knitwear patterns we have been trained to expect a discount upon release because it is so common everybody does it and i've had conversations with designers who have said well i just did it because everybody else is doing it and unfortunately that's not usually best practice and i wouldn't recommend that i would say that if you are going to be having any form of a discount there needs to be a very strong reason behind why you're doing it when we look at knitwear patterns in general so they are a very affordable and very low price product the typical range that you're going to see for any pattern whether it is you know an accessory up to a sweater up to a dress is going to be somewhere between six to eight dollars total so you have to consider that in order to make a profit and i've said this before on previous episodes you are going to have to turn over a lot of patterns in order to make a profit and if you are somebody who genuinely wants to try to do this as a full-time job and you know earn full-time income from this it is going to be even more difficult to do so because you are going to have to sell a major volume of patterns to accomplish that. I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm just saying that it is going to be challenging. If you are up for a challenge, great. I'm ready for it. But when you consider the costs that go into creating a knitwear pattern, which, Honestly, I think that maybe a lot of people don't understand what goes into it. So if you're a pattern designer, your kind of your lineup of things you need to do um, goes like this, right? So you either have created the pattern already and you've written it out, or you've knit the objects and you are now translating that to a pattern. So you can do it either way, I've seen some designers who are more comfortable with actually doing the design work, actually write everything out and then create the piece afterwards. Um, but obviously too, a very natural progression would be, I knit a thing, I like the thing, I think that there are people out there who would love this because it's XYZ kind of style, It's Blah, 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 trending this, yada, yada, classic, heirloom, put out all those buzzwords, whatever it is. And, you know, heavy, heavy, heavy emphasis on make sure that other people want it and make sure that you know it's going to be well received before you go through the process of releasing a pattern. Because if there aren't enough people who want it or are not interested in that style, you are not going to make money from it. And this tends to be an issue that I see a lot is, oh, I made a thing. I like the thing. I'm going to sell the thing. And that just isn't customer centric enough. We have businesses because we want to sustain ourselves, of course. However, our business exists for our customers. And in that being the case, we have to make sure that the product that we create tailors to them and that they're going to want it anyway so the thing has been created the pattern has actually been written up now consider the amount of hours that's already been put into this to do that especially if you're looking at something like a sweater especially if you're looking at something that is a sweater with cables or color work or something like that a seamed sweater um, a dress something that actually takes a lot of hours to physically knit depending on your gauge depending on you know, how fast you knit in general, it could take a long time as well as drafting something up on your computer, depending on what kind of software you have. You may have something that's very friendly for knitters to make a pattern. Otherwise it may, you know, be something that needs a bit of finagling. So you've got a lot of time already that's invested in this. And depending on whether or not you have worked with a yarn dyer or A yarn supplier, I guess I should say, because it could be from a yarn shop as well. um, Then you may have gotten your yarn gifted to you, um, or you know they've given you the opportunity to um, have sponsored yarn. But you may also not have done this. You may have actually gone out and physically purchased the yarn yourself. And as we know, we all know that yarn isn't cheap. Um, I mean, even if you are knitting with some of the, the, you know, the bigger, more acrylic brands that you find at, um, Joann's or Michael's, even, even those, unless you have the coupon, which is very easy to get the coupon because the coupon is ever running. And, and really we can kind of look at that coupon example here as we go through, but you may be paying full price for it it may be even seven dollars a skein so if you have seven dollars a skein and these skeins are the acrylic ones they don't even have that much yardage in them you're going to be really stocking up it may cost you seventy dollars to make a sweater and then that might just be with acrylic but if you switch over to wool or something else and you're making a sweater then maybe you are spending a hundred and fifty dollars So. Again, there's a lot of cost that's going into this. You've already put in maybe $150 worth of yarn. You've already put in a lot of time knitting the thing, making up the pattern for it. And then, again, depending on what order you go, usually it's gonna to go to test knitters. And having test knitters, it's its own thing. It's its own job. Completely separate from anything else that you're doing. So you have to actually recruit the people you have to find the people that want to test it Um, If you have a good number of people that want to test it, then Congratulations, you've probably figured out that people actually do want your thing Um, And if you have to turn some away, then yes, you've really got a top-notch idea even if you don't have to turn them away it's okay, as long as there are some people who want your thing and are going to be willing to put in this amount of work to end up with a free pattern at the end of it, it's good, it's perfect, so keep going with it. But when you are working with a group of test knitters, you typically are going to have to have some form of communication with them on a regular basis. Some people do this through a Discord channel, or chat. Some people do this through an Instagram group. Some people actually use an email chain or you know an email list. Um, and so having that communication back and forth is important because obviously the test knitters need to know what's expected of them as well as the test knitters need to be able to give feedback back to the designer to let them know, oh hey this is working, hey this isn't working. Etc., etc., etc. And if you are one of those lovely designers that I really admire who actually try to build a community of people within their test knitters, like try to create a very solid relationship with them, which I think is very important and critical and special then you're actually putting even more work into it. Because maybe you're having a Zoom party where everybody shows off their finished objects or a welcome party so everyone can get to know each other. You're finding different ways to engage them and show your appreciation for them because they're putting a lot of time and energy into making sure this pattern is going to be perfect, right? It's going to be exactly what the people want all right so test knitting depending on how long that's taken you you know it could have been a month could have been three months anywhere in between you've done a lot of support you've done a lot of assistance you've gotten all the bugs worked out and then you take the final pattern to your tech editor and then your tech editor is going to go through and make sure that there are no mistakes or You know, anything that isn't clear needs to be, you know, just drafted a little bit better. Maybe they do your schematic. All of those things are going to be charged to you at typically an hourly rate. And you'll see those go anywhere from like, I don't know, $25 an hour to $50 an hour. I've seen quite a bit of like $35 an hour. And if you have a very simple pattern, say, you know, just like a simple hat or a scarf, then it may only take them one hour to get through your pattern. But if you are knitting and making, sorry, a sweater that is going to be size inclusive and very flexible, then there are likely a lot of options. And in that case, it may take them a lot more time to get through it. But even if, even if it only takes them two hours, three hours, four hours, then you are looking at probably between like $125 to $150 again. So if we look at $150 that we've maybe spent on yarn and $150 that we've maybe spent on tech editing, then we are looking at $300. This doesn't count any possible software that we're using to create the pattern um, or anything additional on top of that. So then, then you move forward into releasing your pattern. And so you're doing all this marketing leading up to it. You're sharing all the pictures that your testers had taken of the object that they had made. You are out there trying to, you know, get everything perfect on Ravelry so that you can release it. And, you know, it will be you know, easy to find, possibly hit the hot right now list. All of those things are kind of lining up. You've probably put a gazillion hours into this and then you turn around, and you take it and you're going to put a price on it of $8 okay so a price of $8 and then that's $8 that you're putting the price on it as so you put it on to Ravelry for instance or Etsy for instance and they take fees out of that amount and then however the payment is processed that payment processor whether that's paypal or stripe or square whatever it is takes their processing fee out of it and those are small fees you know whether that's like 2.9 percent plus 50 cents or or whatever it is um and paypal has gone up a little bit on theirs i do know that um but those amounts are coming out of the top on top of it so you've already lost maybe five percent in total or more In fees so now you've spent all that money you're having a small cheap product have these fees come out and on top of that you're going to offer a 15% discount a 20% discount a 25% discount I've seen them all the way up to a 50% discount during the first three days and those initial days of selling that product is where you're going to have the most momentum. And so selling the most volume likely at that sale price point is just going to knock you back. You are setting yourself up to not make as much as you need to make. So if you haven't done any form of math on like, hey, this is what I need this pattern to make. This is the amount of You know expenses that I paid on it, roughly the amount of time put into it. Sometimes that's just not a tangible number. So maybe that's just something better for your head to keep in mind. And then these are the processing fees that came out, listing fees that came out, yada, 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 whatever it is that comes out of it. And then figure out how many you need to sell in order to cover those costs and make a number that you need to make. And you're going to see that it's probably a a pretty decent number so does it behoove you to maybe raise your prices a little bit probably and probably probably I mean yeah I think so I do think so to raise your prices but it also means that you are allowing your work to be devalued in my opinion Um, so what are some of the alternatives right because the argument the biggest argument to be made is that those discounts create a buzz around the pattern and even if people just go and look at it on Ravelry even if they don't buy as long as they view it after it's been released that can push it to the top of the hot right now list if that is important for you then mm, this one may feel a little bit harder to walk away from but there's also a lot of individuals who don't really want to rely on Ravelry anymore for various reasons. And so if you are one of those people, then I definitely wouldn't recommend doing a discount upon release. But so the question has been posed. All right. So you don't think that we should have pattern discounts. So how else are we supposed to market? ourselves in order to, you know, build some sort of momentum around this, or to get it out of the gate in the best possible way, um, and really market it. So, all right, so here are a couple of things that I have come up with, and there have been some objections to this, and some of these, and and not to others, Um, and we'll kind of go through those, because I asked my Slack group about this, and they came back with a lot of really good feedback. But, so the first thing is to build the discount loss into your pattern price. So figure out how much is being taken out. Like, let's say that you have a 25% discount. So basically take that amount of that 25% and build it into the price. So that way, you are going to be making the price that you actually need to sell it at. But when the discount period is over, you will be making more, which is important anyway. I mean, when you think about it, like you're not going to have as much momentum unless you kind of relaunch, which you can always relaunch a pattern later on, meaning that you can just kind of build back up to it again as if you were launching it for the very first time. Um, You know, I've seen other designers do this very successfully where they take a pattern that was in the archives and they bring it back for a month and and they just feature it really heavily over that month and then try to kind of regain some sales from it. I think that's really smart especially if you're having a slow month if you're not releasing anything in a given month you know bring some of your patterns from the past back to light because they don't stay any form of passive income though passive income doesn't really exist but they don't stay as passive income if nobody knows about them so anyway so building that discount loss into your pattern price or just raising your prices is going to be probably top recommendation if you really, really, really want to include that discount. Some people love discounts. They just love them. And if you want your people to be able to have a dopamine hit from receiving a discount, baking it into the prices is going to be your best option. If you do not care about having a discount, And you do not care about getting on the hot right now on ravelry we will continue you can also choose to soft release your pattern to just your newsletter subscribers slash community for the first few days so it's kind of that exclusive access sort of thing and that really typically can generate a lot of interest in a particular product Um, in being the first to get it the first to knit with it etc etc so having people be the first ones to get it in their hands virtually or otherwise could be a good route to go Um, another idea is possibly offering a digital version and a maybe a printed version that you can mail to them for more of a premium price. So if you just want the digital version, maybe it's, you know, $10. But if you want the really fancy version that comes with it in the mail, then you cover your costs for that and maybe upcharge just a little bit or, you know, put a little build a little bit in there for profit and, you know, maybe sell it for $20. You know, some people really do like to be able to have a, a nice tangible pattern you know, a lot of us, we print them out on our printers. It's kind of, you know, just regular paper. If you have something that's on really nice stock paper or it's a little bit glossy or whatever, that could be really nice. Um, if you can also get it to where it's more of a print on demand sort of thing. Um, there are services out there that do more printing on demand so that you don't have to buy a bunch of these upfront. And if they are not sold, you don't know what the heck to do with them. But Printing on demand would allow you then to print them as they are requested so you are not, you know, putting in a lot of cost up front. And also too, I mean, if you are a pattern designer, if you want to go to any sort of a, I don't know, like a yarn convention or something like that, if you are somebody who has a booth and some designers do have booths, then you can have that physical product there for people to buy. And I I mean, I think it's a great idea personally. That's just, I love it. Anyway, you can also build limited edition kits with no discount, with a limited supply. So, you know, if you are working with a special designer or I'm sorry, you're working with a specific dyer to create a, a kit for this pattern so that they get the pattern and they get the yarn, maybe they get You know the needles that go with it you know having that special kit on a limited release could also allow you to charge a little bit more for it and create a special unique product that people really like you can also build your discount into a bundle price with other patterns so they get access to other things. Some people really hate bundles because they're like, what if I don't want everything in it? It could be a small bundle. It could be a bundle they create. Buy five of my patterns and get 10% off. You know that I've seen those as well. So I think Ravelry gives you that option where you can do any patterns of yours and bundle them all together. So that that's definitely an option. Um, you can also just decrease the amount of the discount. So if you were offering 25% off, maybe you just offer five. And you know, a discount is a discount. It may not register as a negative thing with your people. They probably won't even notice. Um, But it just kind of, again, it allows you to offer it without sacrificing a whole lot for yourself, to be honest. Um, The other thing that you can do is just stop offering discounts just completely and you can explain to your people why you can say hey listen this is exactly what goes into me creating these patterns this is exactly why the prices are what they are a lot of times if they are your people they will get it if they are not your people they may not get it i mean to be honest there are people out there who say if a pattern is over eight dollars i will not buy it and it doesn't matter if it's only a couple dollars more in their head that's too expensive because this is where the industry standard has been set. So maybe there's time for a little, you know, a little bit of a shift in industry standard, to be honest. I mean, there are other types of maker crafts that, you know, are able to charge a little bit more for their patterns, albeit some of them, like sewing patterns, typically sell for higher amounts, but there's also a little bit more work that goes into those too. So you know it's it's just something to consider like will raising your prices by a dollar or two or gradually doing it over time you know will that ultimately benefit the industry or you know knock back on the consumer so just something to consider um i think that's that's pretty much it you know there was one option that i thought about you know running a giveaway and then anybody who um enters then or everybody who buys within like the first three days, um, gets an entry for something free, like another free pattern or something like that. But it was brought up to me that there are certain states that may consider that a sweepstakes sort of situation. So um, legally, you may need to look into that if that's something that you really wanna do. Uh, That's really, I mean, that's all I have as far as suggestions, I mean, you know, when we knit obviously we are spending a lot of money on yarn regardless of whether it's cheap or it's not cheap yarn Um, it's luxury or it's acrylic it's you know whatever it is we are typically spending a decent chunk of money on it so you know raising your prices by a couple of dollars probably isn't going to deter people from buying from you maybe it will maybe it won't but if they really want it And, you know, if you are doing a good job of marketing that pattern and explaining, you know, the story behind it, how it might make that person feel while they're making it or when they're done wearing it, you know, having all of that upfront communication, um, you know, can push it towards the direction of, okay, because of this, because of the way it was framed to me and because I want to feel this way when I have this product, then I am willing to spend the extra dollar or two or three or four to do it. Um, And I think that we all need to be a little bit more comfortable and, and confident in what we charge in general, just in general. I mean, how many of us sit there and go, oh, is this too much? Or, oh, is this too little? Or we just don't really know where we sit. But being able to figure out what we need to make, figuring out what our costs are, and understanding maybe what the market will allow us to do just a little bit more of, will, will help with that. And, you know, talk to your audience, talk to your people. I can't say that enough. I'll probably say that in every single episode until this podcast is dead. But talk to your audience, create open channels of communication, figure out what they're willing to pay, what they're not willing to pay, things they like, things they don't like, what they want to see, what they don't want to see. Be very open with them. Let them co-create with you because that means so much to consumers when somebody actually cares about what they want. Again, we don't wanna buy from people who are making things because they wanted to make them. We want to buy from them because they made stuff for us that we needed, that we wanted. Anyway, there's my soapbox, there it is. Uh, and that that's it, that's all I have for you today. So I've got a couple of great interviews and coaching episodes and other episodes coming up in the future. Um, So stay tuned because I actually will truthfully talk to you next week.